Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Manor Park Podcast. This podcast covers rape and pedophilia cases, as well as highlight organizations that make it their mission in this world to fight for children. I appreciate you clicking on to my podcast and listening to these episodes. I also have survivor interviews that I share as well, which can be very graphic and heavy. But it's much needed to be heard in this day and age. Because, like a lot of people, I myself was not aware of how troubling and how deep this issue really was. Until I started hearing survivors and listening to the heinous and horrific things they went through. So thank you for clicking on this podcast and listening to these stories. While I know they're deep and disturbing, we need to know what goes on with the victims and survivors and what they went through. So that we can try to identify the problem. And then we can figure out how to solve the problem. My podcast is not for the light of heart. It's not for the faint hearted at all. It's not for anybody with a weak stomach. These stories will change you mentally. They will make you question your faith. They will make you wonder. Why is it that the systems that are in place. Do not protect children. And do not give justice to survivors. And that's what I want it to do. I want it to make you think. I want it to make you go and be curious enough to do the research as well. And to go out there and seek the answers and find the truth to all of this. Because somebody has to. I myself is just a man who was tired of seeing these babies being harmed. And from there, it grew. And I found out so many different traumas that I never knew existed. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for supporting me. It does mean a lot, and it's much appreciated. And I'm glad to know that since I've started this journey, there are so many individuals out there that care about protecting children and helping survivors like I do. With that, here's the latest episode. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion unless they have been through court and they have been convicted please understand that moving forward thank you trigger warning the podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men women and children if such acts offend you in any way please do not listen any further this podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offends you please do not listen thank you hey everybody so this is going to be my interview with gabby from the wolf project and today i'm co-hosting with sabrina young and 
we are both big fans of the Wolf Project, and we just completely adore what Gabby is doing with that movement. So, Gabby, last time we talked, it was a very good interview. There was a lot that we learned, that I learned from you. And, you know, a couple months later, there was more to your story. And so, can you tell, tell us in the audience what happened with you and your dad? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I should probably go back a little bit um, and just kind of give a little bit of a backstory. But basically, I I had moved to Florida, um, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed, 21 year old and moved down there with my boyfriend at the time. Him and I had dated for five years and we broke up. He ended up falling in love with his boss and he was kind of spiraling into alcoholism. And um, I think I just kind of realized, like, you know, this it was just a comfort zone for me, you know? Um, and so I ended up getting back together with an ex boyfriend, um, who I was just adored. I think he's the only man that I've ever loved. And, uh, I, I still think the world of him, I think he's great, but, um, he was a, a draft prospect. So he ended up going to the combine and doing the senior bowl and all the things. And so I had watched him, I dated him when he was in, you know, a 19 year old red shirt freshman with braces and acne and broken wrists. And, you know, like (laughs) it wasn't anything special. And to watch him go and be the first round draft pick um, to the Patriots was like incredible. Yeah. Um, But two weeks before he was drafted, he ended up just randomly being like, you know, that I don't want this. And so I was like completely shattered. So one breakup, two breakups. Then my boss um, that I worked for at a barn, because I was a riding instructor, she was, uh, she's nuts. I'm not even gonna lie. She's nuts the whole time, but I would deal with the abuse because I love the horses and I love the people that I worked with other than her. And she would do sweet things for me here and there. So I put up with it. But then one day I realized that she was scamming some people that I really cared about. And I called her out on it and we got into this big fight while she ends up telling me or trying to convince me to uh, unalived myself, you know, and she's being very serious, like told me to, you know, leave enough dog food out for my dog when I do it. That way he doesn't have to eat my miserable body and, you know, all these like horrible things. So it was like one tragedy after the other, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my life gets like flipped up on its head and I ended up, I ended up moving back home and I moved in with my dad because he had like a half apartment upstairs um, that I could kind of fit into. I had two dogs with me and my dad, uh, his, he has a girlfriend, his girlfriend has two kids and they would come and go, whatever. And at first everything was fine. It was great. And I was really working hard on kind of repairing the relationship that I had left off with my parents because growing up as a teenager, it wasn't all that great. Yeah. And so move in and things are fine and then my dad tells me he doesn't want the dogs they can live in the apartment with me but he doesn't want the dogs inside of his house and I worked 12 hour shifts so I said you know that's fine this is your house that's fine and so I keep the dogs upstairs well he starts noticing that you know whenever I come home from work I don't eat dinner with them I go take care of the dogs so the dogs have been upstairs all day you know I'm not gonna come home and not take care of my animals like god anointed me to take care of these animals so i'm going to do that and you know he asked me about it and i said well you said the dogs can't come in here and those dogs are my you know i'm supposed to take care of them i love them and you know i'm not going to get home and make them sit up there for a couple more hours 
you know, I'm going to go take care of them. And so that became the first kind of like strife, you know, yeah. and my, my father, my father has struggled with, he struggled with mental illness, you know, my whole upbringing. Um, whenever I was a child, I don't know why I was only the every child that he ever did this to. He never, you know, hit anybody else, but you know, he, he picked me up when I was like probably eight or nine and slammed me up against the wall mm. in front of everybody. Jeez. Yeah. And so, but he was never violent other than that moment, you know? And so, yeah. you know, we, we get to this point and our relationship is strained. And I tell him, and I said, you know, dad, like I came here to seek rest and refuge and that's all I want. You know, I don't, I don't, want any problems with anybody I came I came to live with you so that I could catch a break so I didn't have to be you know holding on by the skin of my teeth um financially I just wanted to come and just get some rest and you're making my life very difficult you know yeah and so it came to a point where he didn't want the dogs to go to the bathroom in the yard and I'm like well what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, like, like where like where are you going to take them at yeah I know yeah so he was just kind of narrowing down my options, like he was wanting me to get rid of the dogs. You know, if he want, yeah. if I was going to live there, he wanted me to get rid of the dogs. Well, guess what? I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. I'm just one of those crazy dog people that I'm not going to abandon my animals. I'm not going to do that. I would rather be homeless with them than abandon my animals. So, Same. yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that just kind of got to a head. And one night I was passing through and he said, you know, why, why are you being so distant and all this stuff? And I said, dad, I came here for rest I came here for refuge I didn't come here to be tormented and be put into more difficult and and troubling situations and that's what you keep doing to me for no reason like you keep choosing to make my life difficult for what over dogs and he's like exactly it's dogs and you're choosing dogs over our relationship so we saw it completely differently that's fine you know I understand but we, you know, we had actually, it, the conversation had gone on for about an hour and things were actually resolving. <laughs> and I swear to God, it was like, it was like I watched a switch in the man. I have never seen this. It was like if there was a demon on this guy, it came up from behind him and washed over his body. And he just looks at me randomly. Although he had just said, I, you know, I can see Jada how you would. Um, how you would say that my family calls me Jada, by the way. Um, yeah. but he goes, I, I can see how you would, would come to that conclusion. And then he has this wash over moment and he looks at me dead in the face and he goes, but if I wanted to kill you, I will, I brought you into this earth and I will take you out. And I just looked at him like, did you just say that to me? Yeah. <laughs> and I leaned over on my elbows. And I said, and this is probably the most redneck thing I've ever done. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to expose myself. But I said, if you're going to kill me, you better do it now. And he's like, he gets up and he's like, get the F out of my house. Get the F out. Get your stuff, whatever. And he starts acting like he's going to hit me. And so I just sat there and I said, I'm not moving. He said, oh, well, I'm going to call the police. I said, call the police. I said, but I'm not going to move by you threatening me like this. I'm not doing it. So you're going to have to physically harm me or call the police. And so at that point, I started recording. And I have most of the conversation on recording. I said, Dad, I still love you, you know. And he's like, I don't effing love you. Get the F out of my house, whatever. And he starts screaming like 
uh, he's like f and hit me f and hit me and i'm just walking through you know like just mind my own business so i have all of that on recording my stuff is still there i literally i went upstairs i got what i needed i got my animals and i left and i went i I got to my mom's house at 1 a.m my mom is like living in a camper right now because they're building a home and so that's kind of why i was living with my dad because you know she's living in a camper but i got there at 1 a.m and woke him up and you know they welcomed me with open arms and we kind of game plan on like well shit you know what are we gonna do now (laughs) all of my stuff is still there and I'm still trying to figure out how the heck I'm going to get that stuff out but yeah so how long ago was that when this happened um that was probably back in September yes Mm -hmm. oh yeah so yeah because we we interviewed right around in September so that so that happened probably right around or shortly after we had our first interview good god do you think that do you think that uh your dad's girlfriend might have had an influence on the strife with like the dinner thing um yes um she there was this one moment that we had where um basically i had to ask my dad if he would teach me to ride the harley and he agreed and apparently he had told her that she couldn't drive the harley on the road or something like that and so whenever she found out that um, he was teaching me to ride it, which it was my grandfather's Harley and it was willed to me. So when my father died, obviously not now, but when my father was going to die, it was going to go to me. So it was my Harley. And, uh, I think after that, like it just, should just hit the fan, you know? So just, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It it sounds like jealousy. yeah, jealousy, and it sounds a lot like uh, a power dynamic in your uh, in your dad's relationship with you as well. Like he kept making all these uh, these control options and everything like that with your dogs and everything, basically basically making it impossible to take care of your dogs under his parameters. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely under the realm of narcissistic abuse for sure. And if you have somebody else who's there who's also influencing those decisions, it does not make a good outcome which obviously that's what happened um you know your dad just had enough because he couldn't control you anymore and so he mm-hmm. used whatever he used whatever desperate measure he could to rule you through fear and intimidation and i guess obviously he doesn't watch your tiktoks to know that you're you know that you're a little badass and that you ain't gonna let <laughs> nobody sit there and rule you like that um you know uh, I, well, you know, uh, look, I, I've gotten to know you a lot more since our first interview as well and everything like that. You do have a very uh, tremendously strong spirit about you. And I got to say that, you know, I'm proud to say that I, I've definitely, you know, you have a home, you know, you, you have a place to stay at my at my home for sure. Oh. And that's your family to me. And, uh, you know, like I like I tell people, like I tell people, I say, yeah, that's my little sister right there. You know, because I'm proud of you. You know, I mean, a lot of people are proud of you for what you've done and, and what you're accomplishing and what you're still doing. And you have some so many amazing goals and dreams. And, you know, hearing them, all, you know, hearing them privately on the phone, I'm just like, I'm just in awe of you. And, <laughs> you know, for and, you know, for somebody like an old man like me, you'd just be like, man, this, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking glad about this next generation of, of, of people coming up because, you know, y'all are getting a better grasp of it than we have, you know, Um Y'all are seeing more of, of these controls and these abuses and, and how people are doing them because we're all getting more connected to each other. You know, we didn't have the, the, um, 
you know, even though social media has been around for quite a while as kids like me and Sabrina, you know, growing up, we didn't have, you know, Facebook and MySpace and everything like that to go talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, all that stuff was just coming up brand new as we became, you know, uh, late teens and early adults. I didn't even experience social media until 2011. Yeah. 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 For me. I'm back from the MySpace days, uh, MySpace days, y'all. So uh, I was in (laughs) on it in high school and everything like that. But like, you know, it's. uh, I mean, I had MySpace, but it was like, mm, yeah, because I got Facebook in 2011. So whenever MySpace came out, but I would have to walk to the library. Like I didn't have it on my cell phone. You know, it's just crazy. Um, it, It, you know, you're able to share so much. Like I stayed silent about, you know, my own stuff and. Mm -hmm. It what's crazy is you you know you've thrown me into this world um, and then you know get me connected in with people who are like minded on wanting to protect children like in Preble County I looked it up today we have hang on, actually let me go back to the picture so I can tell you the accurate amount and me and my husband were talking about it just in Eaton alone we have six hundred and ninety one sex offenders wow. just in Eaton that's not the surrounding. Um, villages because I live in a rural community in Ohio um, it, it's ridiculous and our population is 8,000 so it's 10 percent Jesus Christ. and, and, wow. and you know we and yeah we, that's a lot 10 percent and we just had a, a ring thing going on with one of the um, so two of the restaurants here in Preble County is owned by a man who um, the FBI actually came in and uh, supposedly found um, child pornography on his computer he also owns a few strip clubs and when these girls would come work for him in his pizza um restaurant and other restaurants he would groom them into coming and working in his strip club and so you by helping me get connected with gabrielle i actually signed up to be a reaper girlfriend i'm just waiting on that back i'm waiting on that background checking that email um you know there's another woman here in my town who's passionate about helping getting this exposed and you know, we get harassed all the time on Facebook. We're the crazies. And it's just like, oh, my God, finding people who actually are, are, are willing to put in the work that give a shit because I didn't have anyone who gave a shit. You know, I've been mm-hmm. sexually abused, you know, since I was a child. Um, so this is something I'm growing passionate about and finding my purpose and and wanting to do. And I also advocate against, you know, the troubled teen industry and, and um, adoption abuse and, and so forth. So I just want to thank you both. Um, for everything that you're you're doing and the wisdom and everything that I'm going to learn from you. I appreciate it. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So, hey, if you made it to this point, the audio in this portion of the interview got edited out and put into a bonus episode that I posted earlier on this week. And it's just its own bonus episode. It's basically Sabrina telling Gabby from The Wolf Project what it was like to go through adoption trauma and what the TTI, the troubled teen industry is about and what it is and what she went through. It's a more condensed version of her, of her own story. If you want to hear a more long, long form format of her story, I have it on my podcast. I believe it was episode 22 or 21. It's called the horror of the TTI Sabrina Young story. Also a friend of mine, who's a friend of the podcast, David Keck, he has, a, uh, he has a podcast called Surviving Abuse with David Keck. And he did a series called The Rebecca Home for Girls, Sabrina Young's Story, which is the first podcast interview she ever did, is on there as well. 
I recommend that y'all go listen to the bonus episode and also those two episodes as well. I appreciate y'all listening. Here's more of the interview. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you and I, you know, cross paths here because there's this um, individual that him and I have become acquaintances. Um, We have similar missions. He tries to get funding for the Wolf Project. And he uh, called me the other day and he's asking me um, about kind of like what our cases look like. And he's like, so is it like, you know, you're finding these children that are chained in basements? And I said, listen, I'm not here to say that that doesn't happen because it 100 percent does. Uh-huh. I said, but our cases are right in front of everybody's eyes. These are kids who are in foster care and foster homes and they're being trafficked by their foster parents. Yes. I would honestly say most of our cases are dealing with foster parents. And he's like, and, and you know, he's like, oh, OK. And he's very dismissive. And he's like, but it's like, you know they're you're they're being held for like priests and politicians and I'm like once again you know I'm not saying that it doesn't happen because it does but like when you get so far-fetched out there you're missing the children that are right in front of you that are being trafficked and I try to teach parents that and you know one of our classes that people can you know request a speaking event is like your child I know there's just stigma of like you know your child's playing in the front yard and then it's missing and oh my god you know that they're being trafficked like that happens and it's happening at an alarming rate but also you need to know that your child can be sleeping in his or her bed every single night and still being trafficked online you have to be aware you need you need the education we need the education I know my parents needed the education whenever I was growing up with social media because no matter how tough or intuitive I am or anybody is, I was still vulnerable as a child, you know, and I was way too easy to convince, especially growing up with my father, the way that he is, um, you know, just to, I could have gotten in a really bad situation so easily and my parents would have never known. No, there's no way, you know, because, well, because it is the fact that, children are vulnerable because they haven't gone through the experiences that we have now as adults. Right. Right. Uh, We, we go, we, you know, we, we go through these, you know, these quote unquote learning lessons and everything and go, okay, well, you know, don't interact with somebody who does this, this, and this, those are red flags. Mm -hmm. That's why children haven't gone through that yet. And if parents aren't having these conversations Mm -hmm. with their children, they don't know what to look for either. Roblox is a big one of them. Um, Roblox. Yeah. I monitor the crap out of my kids' accounts. Oh my goodness. I actually made my children before they were allowed to be on like the tablets and stuff. They had to watch this video about online predators and chat rooms because I'm one of those in your face moms. I just, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, I try to make it appropriate to where they can understand it for their age, but these things exist. And just because you live in a safe little tiny town where you think nothing goes on, doesn't mean that it can't. Oh, it's a you lot worse I mean? than small oh. towns. It's a oh, lot yeah. worse than small yes. towns. Yes. Uh, Everyone has one- a stigma of, oh, super safe, less gangs, less this, whatever. There's so much cor- more corruption and crime. It's just hush hush. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, there's, a, there, there's a case I haven't covered on my podcast, which is going to be, if I ever end season one, will be my season one finale. But it was um, it was when I was 17. I remember the story and y'all, y'all can go back and look this up, you know, audience and y'all too as well uh, afterwards. It's uh, back in 2005. It's the Hosanna Ch- uh, Church sex scandal. 
and it was um it was it was it was covered at the beginning uh over covered because you had a church full of people who were committing satanic rituals in their youth room upstairs and molesting and 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 raping like 24 kids mm-hmm. okay and they were having all these weird rituals and everything and and look it was a lot of satanic panic uh because that was still that, that when I was growing up, I was on the tail end of all that, like the aftermath of a lot of that. In the 70s and 80s, it was a big push on satanic panic because you didn't have the Internet. You didn't have people talking to each other. And so anything that was heinous or anything like that usually got blamed on uh, on on Satanists and everything as well. Mm-hmm. That was and I mean, and, that could, and, and it was big things and small things, too. I remember I remember, you know, talking, wanting to do play Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid and everything. And my mom was like, no, that's satanic. No, you can't you can't have that because she it, she remember growing up in the 80s where that was talked about as something satanic right and so that case right there opened up my eyes about you know the monsters amongst us right the the it could be in our churches it can be in our schools it can be anybody and it was really the first part of my eyes opening up to that and yeah. now with what you do gabby and everything like that i mean these monsters they don't have to even go they really don't have to work hard anymore all they got to do is just sit behind a, a, uh-huh. a cell phone now and just and just pick the you know just wait and you know lie and wait for their target their prey and they can find a child that's vulnerable like on roadblocks and everything like that they listen for if parents are arguing in the background if Mm -hmm. the child does not you know if the child plays in their own room they try to ask questions and gain this trust so they can learn where the location's at so they can learn you know if they're by themselves is their dad is there a dad at home or not if their parents are having problems, you know, and, and these are grown men talking to children like this, grown men and women talking to children like this. I'm not going to just dismiss that women aren't predators, yeah. that, that aren't yeah. women predators either. But the majority of them are, like in one video you said, are, are, are cis white males, you know, like they, they have mm-hmm. that on lock, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it is just, um, it baffles me that any man wants to harm a child in that way, because I grew up with a grandfather who was very adamant about protecting children. He was never the type to ever, you know, to harm a child like that at all or anything like that. I mean, he, he, I mean, he was a domestic violence uh, survivor. His daddy, you know, would beat the hell out of him and everything, his brothers and sisters and his mama. And he was, I mean, he, part of who I am, this, this stoic, you know, what, you know, you know tower of strength type spirit i have it comes from my grandfather's upbringing you know or or comes from the fact that he taught you know he he broke that chain he broke that cycle um was he perfect no did he deal with it properly no because he was a man you know coming up in the 60s and 70s and everything like that where Mm -hmm. men didn't talk about their mental health properly but anyway these monsters i mean they are just everywhere and we really as a society got to find out about it because of chris hansen right like in the mm-hmm. chat rooms and all that like chris hansen started you know dayline nbc's to catch a predator series that's what popped off a lot of what you see people now on social media are, are doing exposing these predators exposing these pedophiles out there because if it wasn't for him i don't think the idea would have would have gained as much traction and sparked off like it did right and i and I, I don't remember if you ever watched it or not, Gabby, because I know you. I know you get a lot. You know you're younger than us. Um, did, have you ever seen any of those episodes at all? No. There's so, a I mean, show did... on um, Discovery Plus that I think you might be into, Gabby. It's similar to what you do, um, and she tracks pedophiles, baits them, 
takes on different personas. I have to look up what the name of it is, but actress because I think I might know who you're talking about. Um, I don't know. She's an actress. There is is a famous actress that does the same thing, and she kind of is the one that inspired me way back when to get into doing this too. Uh, Okay. I don't know what her name is. Gosh, I can't remember. It's in my life. Do you remember the name of the show, perhaps? No, it was a documentary that I watched on Netflix, I'm pretty sure, um, about her. But basically, they have like a whole house. Granted, she's a wealthy actress. So, yeah. Um, I, I think her name is Marisol. Marisol. You know I'm trying to remember. The show um, is called Undercover Underage. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I I guarantee you, there's an audience member being like, "I know who that actress is. I know who that yeah. is." And I'm like, "Rue Powell." It's from the uh, Sosa Safe from Online Sex Abuse is the organization. Oh, organization. Yes. Okay. Sorry I, to interrupt. You know, no, that's okay. No, I. And you know, when, when I saw what Gabby was doing with the Wolf Project and everything, I'm like, man, this is like Chris. You know, Chris Hansen and reincarnated right here. I know, I know for damn sure he'd be very proud of what you're doing as well because you're trying to, you know, I've seen a lot of YouTube channels that are not a lot, but I've seen about maybe about a dozen or so that dedicate themselves to catching these, you know, these predators online and exposing them and everything like that. You kind of go a little bit of a different route though, Gabby. You go and you work in conjunction with law enforcement. I'm not saying that the other ones don't, but you work mm-hmm. in conjunction with them and you know, you, you get the evidence and you go let them make the arrest and everything and mm-hmm. to get the convictions and everything in place because it is a numbers game with this. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I think, I think the statistics are that for every hundred kids that are molested or, or uh, sexually assaulted, it, it boils all the way down to like maybe 10 to 20 of those cases actually get convictions. And I think even less that they actually serve jail time. Yeah. So, it, you know, to expose them and let them know who they are and everything like that. Um, you don't go the route for, for trying to, you know, do these interviews with them on the street or anything like that. You go let the cops, you know, handle the situation and everything, um, which, you know, it, it's good that, you know, you encourage to work with law enforcement as well, because especially in this day and age, uh, it's not the, the sentiment toward police and everything is not that great, of course. And I've covered that on other episodes as well. And I'm not about to go dig into that whole, you know, or, you know, you know, the, the, the great debate between bootleggers and ACAB and everything. I'm not about to do all that on here. Um, but when I first heard about you, I, and I, I forgot who even told me about you because it was, it was a follower of mine from my previous channel that was telling me about you. And I was like, Hey, you know, if, if you really like, you know, if, if you really are, are about, you know, exposing pedophiles and, and helping survivors and everything like that, you need to go check out the original Reaper zero zero. I'm like, who's that? And then I can start looking at your content and everything. And, and I mean, I was just like, I was fucking impressed. I was floored. I was, I was like, Fuck yeah, dude, like, <laughs> go, let's do this shit. You know, you pumped me up. And I remember, and I mean, ever since we had our interview too, I've seen you just have this tremendous explosion of growth. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to take credit that our, that my interview caused that or anything. I'm just like, I remember seeing you at like 40,000 followers and then you're like up almost to 200,000 followers now at this point. And I'm like, holy shit. And there's a lot of, and and it gave me hope in humanity though, because there's a lot of people who do care about protecting kids and everything like that, which which I want to touch base on what Sabrina was saying earlier, you know, with, with Facebook and everything like that. I don't get a lot of engagement on Facebook. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, my views about having convicted pedophiles in churches and everything like that, I've, I could not believe the amount of sympathizers on there 
protecting those individuals and, and, and the excuses they wanted to have to allow them to come to our churches. And I'm like, have y'all not heard enough survivor stories to know that yeah. these people, you know, are, are predators and manipulators and they, and they, and they, and they're banking on the fact that you're going to forgive them and, and let and sweep it under the rug and let the past be the past so they can continue to, to hurt their children, you know, hurt these children. I mean, the statistics alone makes me not want to ever have a convicted pedophile ever in any kind of church. And I mean, it's like they have the, a, a, a pedophile, they say, in their lifetime has an average of up to 70 victims. Mm. And by the time, by the first time they get caught, they've usually already had about anywhere from five to 10 victims. Oh so. God when somebody actually gets caught for their first time, there's probably other children out there. That's the scary part about it, you know? And, but the reason why a lot of this abuse does continue is because people don't have these uncomfortable conversations. They don't mm-hmm. talk about, Hey, you know, this, you know, this shouldn't be here. And they don't know who, who is a monster amongst them either, whether they're convicted or not convicted. That's the, that's the whole scary part about it for parents, right? It's the whole, you know, it's the whole mind fuck. I'll, I'll call it. And you don't know who to trust and everything like that. And people ask me, well, who do you trust? Yeah, I tell them, you don't fucking trust nobody. Like I told people, I told, I told fam, I told my yeah. own family members too. I said, don't even trust me with your kids. Like I don't want, I don't want to be left alone with anybody's children because e- even, even if I, you know, me who was very protective of them and everything would lay down my life for a child. I don't want to be in a room, left alone in a room with a child because I also know what false allegation cases can uh, happen and everything like that as well. And I know it's scary to be falsely accused you know, not personally, but I know it's I know it's a scary thing for anybody to be falsely accused of, of harming a child and go to jail over it because they them convicts don't have any understanding for that. They're not they're not going to think it through and everything. They're going to you know, they're going to ask you what your charges are. And if you got charges like that on you, it's um, it's like smash and extort and kill time for them. So that's why I tell anybody, don't trust your kids with no fucking buddy. Do you know are, are you going to harm your child? No. Well, then that's who you, that's who you trust yourself. And that's about it. But, I, know, I know. I mean, that's the thing with me. I was like, I don't know. I told Jeremy about this, but um, the the teacher at my school. Yeah. I mean, no one. I have messages from him on, um, well, you know, I should probably preface. Um, I had a teacher. He wasn't ever my teacher, but he was my teacher's brother. Now, this guy, he was also a teacher. He just didn't teach me. He taught a different grade. Yeah. And, he would comment on a lot of my Facebook stuff and I would comment on his. Now, granted, I'm 13, 14. Um, yeah. he, I have messages from him where he was inviting me to, you know, youth group and he was the youth pastor and he was in, he's fantastic. My family never thought anything of it because he was the youth pastor in my small town, you know, and I, and, and we really loved him. We loved his brother. My mom got very close with um you know, my teacher, which was his brother. And we, you know, we, we clicked with the family. It was all fine. And then one day I'm getting a picture, a screenshot from a news article where this guy has been convicted of six counts of statutory rape. And the story comes out that he was caught at doing this to a child at my school that I went to. Of course I've graduated now, but yeah, um, he did this to a child and got caught my principal swept it under the rug and said, we'll keep it hush hush. If you just leave town, get out of here. Okay. So he does, he moves to Florida. He rapes five other children 
okay, finally gets convicted and bails himself out that same night and shoots himself in the head. You know? Yeah. Like, this is the youth pastor, okay? What no one knows. You don't know. And that is one thing I preach in the Reaper training is that you don't tell anybody what you're doing. As long as you are actively reaping, you don't tell anybody what you're doing because people will manipulate you, number one. Number two, you don't know who you're talking to, right? You just got to be meticulous about it. It's crazy. Have have you had anybody that might have had stories to where they did let somebody know that there was a Reaper and they tried to get somebody in trouble because they didn't like them? Has that ever happened as well? Um, you know, not that I'm aware of. I, you okay. know, whenever we were talking, I was kind of thinking through things about with my dad. My dad's girlfriend is only two years older than my sister. Um, and I was thinking, oh, well, wow. that's why he got such a freaking uh, stink up his butt when he found out what I was doing. You know, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, and oh, yeah, I mean, that's a wild thing, you know. I mean, because, but you know, it that's the whole part when I come back to the mind fuck of it all. It's like it could be, you know, and you just don't know, and that's Mm -hmm. the scary part about this world is that you just don't know. And I, man, I there was so much to unpack from all that, but I will say that, you know, I, I, you know, I had a youth pastor that I, I, I know and still adore to this day. Even though, despite he might have some things me and him both disagree on, he has some hot takes that I don't really care for too much. I still love him, and I still there's there's a lot of things we do agree on and everything as well. The thing with the whole youth pastors in the church and everything like that, and allow or pastors in church allowing these convicted pedophiles in their congregations and all that. The one the biggest thing I have the major problem with is the fact that they don't want to let their congregation know. Right? They mm-hmm. don't. They just like, well, that was their past. Um, you know, we're told, you know, I actually had one pastor told me that had a DA that goes to that goes to his church say that, well, you know, look, we're, we're, we're being advised by the, by the district attorney over here, the parish and everything like that. And they're telling me I cannot sit there and, and say what these guys charges are from the pulpit. Okay, cool. So if this guy is forgiven and redeemed by the blood of Jesus and everything like that, and he's, he's, turn from his ways and everything shouldn't that be a great testimony for him to tell the church mm-hmm. shouldn't he allow the church to know that's so that way that way if, if he's got nothing to hide and he's not being you know and he's and he wants to be forgiven by the blood of jesus i think that's you know i think people should know about it as well and yeah there's a danger element to that at the same time though it also creates an accountability effect for him with all the parents that are around there because then they're going to watch him. They're going to make sure that he's not talking to children and that he's not going near children, that there's no chance for him to ever reoffend and act because it's been proven that a lot of these guys, like they did a study with 300 convicted pedophiles, right? They did MRI brain scans on them. Now these were guys of all different races, different walks of life, different ages and everything like that. They all had a similar pattern in their brain waves where it causes to have an attraction to children. This is not something that they can really control per se, right? If that's the case, you know, you don't let, you know, just like with drug addicts and everything like that as well, people who, who, who are recovering from addiction, you don't put drugs in front of an addict, right? You don't put heroin in front of a heroin addict. You don't put children in front of a, in front of a convicted pedophile. That it just, that just, that is just a, just a, a whole setup for disaster right there, you know? And yeah, definitely it, gets dicey. Yeah, and the amount I think I think the reason why a lot of us are so adamant about wanting to protect children too is because 
we see a lot of them go right back out on the streets. They get, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, suspended sentences. They get less than five years for what they do or, or you know, or, or just or sometimes the cases, a lot majority of the cases get dropped. And then you have that effect. You also have that effect in the church where there's a lot of victim blaming, a lot of victim shaming as well. You know, well, what was she wearing? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? You know, like mm-hmm. I actually showed a video when somebody asked me, you know, well, it could have been something that they were, that, that this this lady was wearing about a rape case and everything. I said, okay. So I found a video on on TikTok where it had all these all these sexual assault victims. I mean, from from either child sexual assault or from adult sexual assault, and what they were wearing the time that they got assaulted. There's a museum when, that has that. Has yeah, what the victims I, are wearing. Yeah, I think I think I think it was from that museum because it is in a museum display. Um, what made me cry was when I saw the the little jumpers, right? The oh, the the the, the, the infant, yeah, yeah, the onesies. That made that fucking broke me, oh my and God. it angered and it angered me to such an extent. It's like it's not what the fuck they wear, okay? Yeah, you know, it's the fact of the matter is you got people that can't keep their fucking hands to themselves, and you know there needs to be more men and women who are speaking on these issues, who are letting these survivors and these victims know that hey, look you have a safe place with us because they didn't get that. A lot of them don't get that in the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not here to really down go, you know, just go and just be about the church and everything. But you know, all, all three of us went through Christianity and had similar experiences or, or had similar, you know, upbringings in Christianity. I knew I grew up in a non-denominational evangelical style church and Baptist church and the Catholic church and Pentecostal church. So I, I, I've gotten a taste of those, different denominations of christianity gabby you did too to some extent as well and sabrina you got to see the heinous side of christianity the underside the criminal side to it um it's a problem and people don't and when you go into people and shatter their reality or try to shake their reality they are going to double down on their defense of it because they don't want to face the realistic viewpoint of it christianity is not under attack it's the evilness that's um Mm -hmm. being used um, you yeah. know, people using their religion to hide behind it to make it like, oh, look, at, I'm a good, I'm a good person. I go to church. <laughs> I could never do these things. Well, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer was a Christian too, and he still murdered people. That's what I tell mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Oh, I don't care. Oh. I got a, I got a good take on that one too, y'all. So I, I remember, I remember when people were saying that about Jeffrey Dahmer and everything that he was a Christian and all that. He did that. Um, there was an inmate that actually interviewed about that. And he said, you know, Jeffrey did that so he can get gain sympathy and favor and everything within the Christian community. Jeffrey actually at, at jail. And the reason why they killed his ass and why those convicts killed him and everything, because he would openly talk about how he would rape and mutilate and kill his uh, his victims and, 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 and eat them and everything afterwards, too. And all, like, he was open about that. He did not. Like, he wasn't hush hush. He was loud talking about it, act, bragging about it almost. They got sick of that shit, and they were like, "Man, we don't we don't need this motherfucker up in here." And they eventually right. got rid of his ass. And that's what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, on the from an inmate's viewpoint, you know, I don't know if he's in heaven or not. I I seriously doubt that Jeffrey made it to heaven. And if he did, I, I'm like, "Where's the bar at, God? You know, like where's the bar? <laughs> yeah. Like how how low are we setting this?" Yeah, you know, I got like some I, questions, I, guy. We yeah. have a talk. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 what's the standard for human for human beings? And because I, I need to know, you know, it, it, it's because if he can do people, all that, you need to put me back on Earth because I got a list of people I need to take out and murder. Okay, yeah. that's how it. That's how that would be a whole list. Huh? 
pedo. Now, just to preference, every, now, now, just to preference everybody and everything like that, we don't condone vigilante justice. So yeah. Spotify and yeah. everybody else in there, we don't, we're not condoning vigilante justice here. Just letting you know. <laughs> hypothetical purge. Yeah, hypothetical. Hypothetical. <laughs> hypothetical. It's in our prayers. <laughs> we're we're going to kill them with our prayers. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So... Oh. To kind of, I know it's not a not 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 a smooth transition or segue, but what's so what's going on with the Wolf Project now? How's everything been going since our interview? Yeah, so I mean, just like you said, it's like boom. Um, I actually have this really really cute Facebook video of that first video that blew up, and I was like shaking, and I was like, guys, I have two hundred emails, and I have I woke up to thirty thousand followers, and this is just so crazy, and I need somebody's help, and yada yada. And I was freaking out. And um, like, that's just so cute to look at. Um, <laughs> because we got to days to where we were getting 600 emails a night, you know, and 10,000 people who signed up. And it was just, oh, it was so overwhelming. So we had to change a lot of our system. And a lot of people signed up in the old system, but we changed it now to, you know, you just sign up on the website, go through the prompts, and you pick a training date and you show up for that training date, you know. So, I mean, we have eight, oh. 850, maybe 900 people who have signed up for uh, up until March. And I'm, I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm not super stoked to hear that. You have no idea. I'm super stoked. That's awesome. But yeah, she, she's fan. When I, when I told her that I knew you and everything like that, and I got your number and all that, and you co host with me, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> She was fangirling so hard. It just like, how, oh, but I, look, to be fair and everything like that, I freaked the hell out. And I think I'd be about it. I know I told Sabrina about it when Chris Hansen liked one of my comments on TikTok. I was like, oh, please. I was so bad. You should hit that follow button and look at my content, Chris. On your back, baby. Hey, follow me back, Gabrielle. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you just have to text me and tell me what, because. I don't freaking know. To be fair, I'm like TikTok. I'm kind of over it. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I make content because it's important to me that people know and are educated. Yes. Obviously, but when you get to a certain point, it's like it was exciting in the beginning, and now it's like it's oh. exhausting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a full time job. I mean, it's a career. Ma- it, imagine, it a, imagine the people with like the million plus following base, and I'm like, I got almost five thousand followers, and I'm like, man, look, I work a job, I run a business with my wife, and I'm trying to grow this podcast out, and it's like, this is a lot of freaking work just with five thousand followers. I can imagine the amount of work that like TikTok advocates got to do. My daughter all the, all is going this- to school for um, digital marketing. And yeah. I was like, when you're done, um, mommy's going to be your first client because I need someone to help me with these books, book ads and sales and all this uh-huh. stuff. I, mean, I don't know what I'm doing here. My TikToks are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, and that's the thing. TikTok is so freaking tricky. It gets exhausting. You get a dopamine hit and then they take it all away from you. And uh-huh. it's the same all over again. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, I, to hire somebody to like go through all my comments and stuff and answer these questions because I'm just like over it but I mean as far as the wolf project goes that stuff like training people on how to do the online baiting stuff it's running smoothly it's going great people are really helpful we have some really smart people who are in the network and 
we made a ton That's of good connections. Like the first woman who ever got combat orders, she's one of my good friends now. Her and I work together. Um, you know, wait, wait. Different so, so what do you mean? What do you mean the woman that got first combat orders? You mean like the first combat orders in our in our military? First woman to ever get combat orders. Wow. Yeah. She's, oh shit. Yeah, she's legit, and she lays it to me, and I love it. I'm like, heck yeah, tell me what I need to know because she's very smart. Um, and obviously, but, um, her and I, you know, we've been working together. We've got some different ex FBI agents, ex, you know, special ops, you know, all these cool networking things. And obviously the wolf project is working more towards tactical rescue missions. Like, obviously we're still working with law enforcement as much as possible, but whenever that road ends or if law enforcement doesn't, you know, find that it's that interesting for them for some reason, or, you know, we can just help law enforcement and work together with them that's kind of the road that we're taking right now so we get these yeah. leads and then we act on them and we're going to go get these people and do what we have to do it's amazing that's, that's awesome that is fucking amazing that is like hell Mwah, chef kiss I know, right? <laughs> that's 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 what i'm about right there baby i that that's why i'm that's why i'm training my damn you know like uh y'all two y'all two out of three out of, out of five people have really planted that seed in me to go hit the gym and everything i know people that follow my tiktok y'all know i've been posting my my post gym work at you know my gym videos and everything as well y'all don't see y'all don't get to see me lifting weights because i don't i'm not going to ask my wife hey hold this camera and, and film me lifting right. weights and stuff like that or you know <laughs> hit this weight machine here I, i'm not trying to do all that I, like you know y'all a lot of them y'all just see me walking on the treadmill um and everything and i'll try to put something maybe inspirational or just what i felt at that time and everything like that but i i, I want to thank both of y'all for planting that seed in me because um i do appreciate it you know and and you know like gabby you've been hitting the gym you've been bulking up while i'm trying to slim down and everything like that i, I guarantee you if you need some more pounds and everything like that i'll, I'll cut a few off of mine let you have them and everything you can you can do what you need to do with them because i know they'll go to better use than, than what mine are but uh, and Sabrina too. I mean, you you've been going through a lot of things in the gym as well, training up. And I just feel like, you know, we we got to be better. You know, not not only do we have to be better in our minds and our spirit, but our bodies as well. And mm -hmm. because these are, you know, these are opportunities that can happen, right? These are things like if you, if you weren't in shape, Gabby, I don't think they would approach you and everything as well to, to run these missions. Mm -hmm. uh, they'd have you kind of behind the scenes that you know uh, mm -hmm. behind a computer somewhere and everything and the fact that you're gonna like no nah, I want to be on the forefront I want to I want to be there I want to help you know it's it's very inspirational and I appreciate that from you and from the oh. bottom of my heart like just I, I'm like man you, you, need to, you need to get behind me so I can take the first bullet let's do this come on you know <laughs> oh, um, no, never. I know no, I, I know you wouldn't <clears throat> I know I know that, that that's why that's why people are, are a lot smarter at it than I am, because me I just go in there running gun and let's 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 do this shit let's light them up. You know? <laughs> Call of Duty, I can see him now. Call of Duty type shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all remember that commercial with Call of Duty when when it was like uh who was who was that 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 good looking magic magic Mike guy Channing Tatum and uh Channing and, and Tatum. Jonah Hill. Yeah, I I'd be Jonah Hill all the way up in that. <laughs> Like 21 Jump Street. Oh, bless yeah. Oh, yeah. Go, go go inside of an enclosed building with a rocket launcher. Me and Gabby yeah. be the sarcastic girls, uh, you know, in the first movie that where they're giving them shit, where they're in the church, the Korean yeah. church, and they're they're yeah. giving them shit. And she's like, we're doing your job for you because you guys keep goofing <laughs> off. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, I believe in you. I believe in you. And I think... It's awesome that you took the initiative 
you know, I think I've talked about this, that song, it's called Filth. Uh, I think it's by Kill Station or City Morgue or something like that. But it's all, it's literally just this grunge rap song that I put on repeat in the gym. And it's about how we don't have time to waste. And so when I don't want to be there and I'm tired and I've done this too many times and I don't, like my knees hurt and I'm tired. I don't want to be here. Like that is a song I listen to because it's true. Like you never know when you're going to get a phone call and someone's going to ask you to step up to the plate and you better be freaking ready for it. We don't have to wait. The time is freaking now. These children are waiting on someone to save them and it isn't going to be, you know, rain rainbows and happy skies and unicorns coming down. Like you got to be freaking ready, you know, wait. So I think that's awesome. Most people would just if someone else has got it, you know? But when you as an individual, no matter what your credentials are, you step up to the plate and you get ready for it, the world's going to change, you know? That's the difference. I I say this a lot, too, in my videos as well um, on TikTok. You know, nobody else has come along. That's what I was just about to say. Nobody else is coming along. (laughs) We. We are the ones. We are the we are the ones for them. We are the ones to to step up and protect them. And we need so many warriors from so many different walks of life. I mean, it doesn't. I don't care who you are, what your political affiliation is, what your religious affiliation is, what your skin color is, or who you love and don't love. It don't bother me not one bit. If you're about protecting kids, come on down. The price is right with me. Like that's how I feel about it. There's people who do evil. There's people who do evil things, and there's people who see evil things done and don't say anything about it. For me, there's people that saw evil stuff. Like I had relatives who knew I was being abused. I asked them as an adult, did you know Mary was doing these things for us? Well, I knew it was bad, but not that bad. What the fuck? Not yeah. that bad. Do you know what I went through? And then it's like, no, you about to hear me, bitch. And then the ghetto comes out and I tell them exactly what I went through and watch their eyes as they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. now I'm coming. I'm coming after you because you knew about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for me, it's, I know that there was no one. There's times I pray to God and there's times I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. I tried to unalive myself at 11 years old. Um, yeah. And for some reason I'm still here and it's got to be for this purpose. And I know, and you know, I've told my husband, I said, maybe God knew I was strong enough to fight this fight. Like you're going to expose these people using Jesus, you know, my name to harm, harm these kids, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I've had to deconstruct Christianity and what I was taught, like, girl, it was so crazy. They had me, my black ass out there picking, co- picking cotton and I'm not exaggerating. Like yeah. this was numerous occasions um, in, the yeah, 2000. Like in, in Mississippi in the two thousands, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, when we tried to say, you know, this is racist, we ain't doing this. They're like, well, this should come easy for you. Do you know what we do to your uh-uh. mind down here? And I'm, yeah. yeah. Said, oh yeah, girl. Fucking ass, girl. I'm a pick. Yes. Yes. Let me tell you they something. Were... I, I, all three, all three of us have grown up in the South and everything like that, but Mississippi just takes racism to like, to oh, like they, 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 they're the grand champions of of, of racism. One apparently. of these programs like, was in Tennessee too, by the way, hun. And um, hold on, where was it? Sweetwater, Tennessee. No, what? Yes, ma'am. Sweetwater. Yes, ma'am. Sweetwater, Tennessee. That's where Reclamation Ranch was. It was first in um, Seattle, Washington, and then it went to um, Sweetwater, Tennessee, and then it went to Empire, Alabama, and then it got shut down in uh, 2005 after the raid. Yes. That they is- found yes. shackles. They found shackles. Yeah. It, it, it was crazy. Oh, for <sighs> heaven's sake. I mean, I know you're yeah. closing up, but I'm just, I'm going to just put y'all on this real quick. Um, 
I don't know what the content creator's name is, um, but he does kind of similar things like exposing people online, you know, what they find. He basically got down a rabbit hole and found a link to a website of hardcore CP of five to 17 year olds, five year olds, where these children are literally dying while this is happening to them. Uncle Sam's Uncle Sam's snuff factory. Katie Grove, she did that story too. Watching the video of him talk about it, I had to call my people and say, "This is what I just found out about. I don't know what it's called. I'm not going to do any any digging on it because I can't handle it." I'm like, "But I'm letting you know it's out there, and you're going to have to take this on because I can't." And he's like, "I got you." He's like, "Don't worry about it. I got you." And we just sat and talked on the phone for the next hour. But good God, like that's part of it. It's like stomach what the reality of this stuff is you know it's not it's not cotton candy at all it's not Uh, it's not for the faint of heart and and no it's not good deal when you're doing doing these types of things too you know keeping your mind right because this is the type of shit that keeps you up at night when when you see horrible things and that these horrible things are happening yeah it's it's the rage just going on with their life you know like worried about what they're gonna have for dinner and I, I'm, I'm jealous of those people. I am, but yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, God damn, like y'all are worried about your roommate not doing the stupidest things. things. Yeah, I know. Triv- trivial <laughs> shit. Trivial shit. Trying to figure out how we're gonna save these children. Like we're not on. We're not the same. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah, I get people all the time. He's like, "Well, Sabrina, you don't have to write every wrong." I'm not trying to write write every wrong, but I'm trying to do some good in the world because for me as a survivor. I have to make some piece of why did I go through all of this? Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of people who go through bad shit, you try to find reasoning what you go through and try to reverse that by doing the good. And I want to do the work that no one else is wanting to do because who else is going to do it? You know, yeah. and it's great that when you do find other people who are like, oh, yeah, let's put this to an end. You know, mm-hmm. like I tell my husband all the time, I said, wait, you know, this is really going to take off. Wait till, you know, the last one on and pop and like, you know, because I yeah. gotta raise my kids too, make sure they're safe and and they're good. You know, and it's hard to go save someone else's child when you have your own. I saw that in the programs where you know the program uh, staff's kids were neglected because they spent so much time abusing us. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I mean it's, it's just a crazy thing. Same in the same way I feel too. It's like I don't have children yet, and I want to bring children into this world, and I want to make sure that the world around them is going to be safe. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so adamant about this, too, is because I've heard the, you know, I've cried with some of these victims. I've mm-hmm. listened to their stories. Like when I heard Sabrina's story on, and, and we all know David Keck because we've all, all three of us are in connection with him. Y'all two have been on his podcast and everything as well. And so for anybody listening, y'all need to go check out Sabrina Young's story and you need to go check out Gabby's story on the Wolf Project on David's podcast as well. So this was the conclusion of part one of my second interview with Gabby, the original Reaper Zero Zero off of TikTok. Stay tuned next week for the finale part of this interview. And that's about it, y'all. I think uh, any announcements that I have, all I can say is uh, share the podcast out on social media. I don't care where at social media. It could be TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat even, I, I doesn't bother me either way. 
but just go and share. Let them know. Spread the word. I appreciate every single one of you that like, support, share, interact. You know, have I've interviewed, I haven't interviewed, I've talked to privately. And we're just going to keep continuing to do what we do. I love y'all. Y'all be safe. Protect all children, even if they're not your own. And remember, the Bowman see, and the Bowman never forget.